0: <laughs>
1: okay, so yesterday we spoke about truly desiring. To, to, okay. So there are things that we desire that are the result of experience and whatever we desire as a result of experience is subject to change, right? If we experience it differently, we'll, still, we'll not desire, right, it's conditional. Right? And something that's true is because it is intrinsic, it's unconditional. So desires that arise purely from experience can't be true desires. True desires are desires that touch on some innate part of our being. So as people, we have innate need for you know, companionship, for food, for meaning, for purpose, for security, for um, adventure. And as Jews, we have an innate need for connection to a Hashem. Right? And the idea is that as a person gets to know Hashem, which is ex- based on experience, tam v'das, that awakens a that sense of the underlying need to be connected to Hashem. So Hashem is not the means to something else. Rather, the desire is to connect to Hashem for connecting to Hashem's sake. Right? And that's what it means to truly desire. That's the kind of love that we're talking about that would bring a person to truly fulfill mitzvahs. Good. Yes? Now we're going to talk about to truly cleave to Him, truly be attached to Him. Okay? To cleave to Hashem in truth. So, we're going to leave from the top of the page. On the right column, and we're going to go a little bit further than what we read before. He truly loves the name of God and desires to cleave to Him in truth. For one cannot truly cleave to Him except through the fulfillment of the 248 commandments with their 248 organs of the king, as it were, as is explained elsewhere. Okay. So, to truly cleave to Hashem would imply that there is a way of cleaving which is not true, right? Right. And it says that the only way to truly cleave to Hashem is how? Through the mitzvahs. The yes. So then the question is well, what's this other way of cleaving? And why is it not true? Why the is the mitzvahs true? And is it through the mitzvah that it becomes true, or is
0: it the Or is the mitzvah the only way to do it
1: in, like, in truth? The mitzvah is the only way to do it in truth. Okay. okay. So the other way is through love. Okay, so you can cleave to Hashem through love. You can cleave to Hashem through mitzvahs. Let's make this very simple. You can cleave to Hashem because you feel love towards Him. Or you can cleave to Hashem because you're lighting Shabbos candles. Which one is truly cleaving? Because Shabbos Shabbos candles. Okay. Now that requires some explanation, right? Okay, so remember how we often compare our relationship with Hashem with a relationship with another person? Mm -hmm. Okay, is that going to always be the right analogy? Mm -hmm. No, okay. So sometimes we're forced to encounter the difference between relating to a person and relating to Hashem. So what I wanna do is I wanna talk about what it is to relate to another person and how we can, in the context of a relationship with another person, truly cleave to them in love we don't truly cleave to them in action. And with Hashem, it's reverse. In Hashem, the true cleaving, the true attachment is in the action and not with the love. Okay? So there's going to be the opposite. With a, with a person, if I have a relationship with the person, it's my wife, it's my children, my parents, friend, where is the true attachment happening? In the love. In the love. Okay? Not that there isn't attachment also in the action. And with Hashem, it's going to reverse. Where is the true attachment happening action. in the action of the mitzvah and with the love? Um, it's going to be there is kind of attachment, there is a kind of cleaving, but it's not going to be true.
0: With Hashem towards
1: us? What do you mean, with Hashem towards us? If you love Hashem, are you attached to Hashem by loving Him? Mm. Yes or no? Yeah. Yes. Is that going to be true attachment? No. No. no.
0: Is it? Are you saying it's not true attachment, or it's not the truest? Attachment.
1: No, it's not true at all. It's not true at all. It's not true at all. And with a person, that's brutal. I know, but with a person, <laughs> it's, like it's going to be the reverse. Okay, that if you have, that if you have, that the that if you that where is the true attachment? In the
0: love.
1: In the love, and the action is not going to be true attachment.
0: Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. Now I want to be clear. We're, this is within a context. So I could zoom out and, and change all my definitions, but in the context Altar is describing, that's going to be the way it is. So. Yes, I can be connected to Hashem by loving him. No, that is not a true connection. That is not true attachment. And with a person, it's reversed. Let's do a person because I think a person is easier to understand, okay? And then we can reverse, okay. So, hypothetical scenario. You open your front door and you see a box of books. What?
0: I was excited by scenario, I'm sorry. Yeah, you open, you
1: see a box of books. <laughs> and you realize these are books of somebody you know. And like, so you call them up, and you can't get a hold of them. You know, a week goes by, you call them back, or you put them in, it's like, hey, you, you put a box of books by my doorstep. And they say, what? Yeah, all these books. They're I mean, they're really good books, but they're, they're your book, why are you? Oh, right. I was cleaning up my house. I wanted to get rid of them. I uh, was about to throw them in the trash, and remembered you probably liked them, so I left them by your doorstep. So
0: weird.
1: It's <laughs> weird. Okay, but here's the thing: yeah. Do you do? Is your life enhanced by these books? Let's assume you like the books. Let's assume you like the books. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Has that made your relationship stronger?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not really. Why?
0: Right, well,
1: right. They're giving it to you was instead of throwing it in the trash, right? <laughs>
0: and then, like, Which is fine. What? Right, right,
1: right. Now let's contrast this, right? Let's contrast this. It's your birthday, yeah. It's your birthday, and your best friend calls you, and your best friend says that you know. I know there's this book you really want, and I've tried to get it, it's out of print. Um, and just know that like when I find it, I'm getting it for you, and that's your birthday present, and I really want you to like it's just it's, it's hard to find and I've been looking now for six months and I haven't found it, and I don't want the birthday to go by you think that I forgot, but this is your birthday present, and I'll eventually find it and I'll get it. So now you didn't get any books, right? but right but there's there's a connection right right this is right where people say like right that it's not the thought it's not the actions the thought that counts and there is there, there really is truth that now you have to be careful not to be like in ideas like you know you call someone up and like i wanted to get you like no, i don't mean that but at the end of the day okay what really connects us to other people is the feeling okay this is why parents have a hard time with children because children are easy to bribe so therefore, what do parents start getting in the habit of doing? Bribing. Bribing their children. Now, when their children are bribed, the children generally enjoy getting treats and gifts and whatever. But is there need for connection being met? And so over time, the children just become more resentful without even knowing necessarily, especially the younger why they're being more resentful. Right? So and the child, therefore, just asks for more gifts and candy and stuff because they don't realize what they really need is love. They need affection. right? On the other hand, if you have a family in which there really isn't the ability financially to provide the children with all sorts of the gifts and the things, right? But but the love and affection is freely given in a genuine way, then I'm not saying the children are happy that they don't have all the gifts and the candies and all this, but they're not miserable and they're not as desperate for all the stuff. So, this is a thing that we see in many different contexts, just to do where what really creates the sense of connection between people is the emotion, not the action. Now, does that mean actions are irrelevant? No. What is the purpose of the action? It's to
0: show.
1: Very good. It's to show the emotion, right? If I sit here and feel. Right? I'm exuding a kind of energy, and if you're very sensitive, you might pick up on it, right? But it's a very ineffective way of doing it, right? Um, for sometimes an effective way of, of, of showing the love is by talking, sometimes it's by doing an activity together, sometimes it's by gifts, right? There's different ways that we... different kinds of uses of our garments of speech and action to convey, to package the feelings of love from one to another, and that's what, that's what brings us together. So the actual connective tissue is what? It's the emotion, and the speech, and the action, right? Is just the mechanism by which we deliver that to the other person in a way that really is effective, right? Which is why if you substitute the action and the speech without the underlying feeling, it doesn't work. Now, when a relationship is more shallow, does it work? Sure. But as a relationship moves to a deeper stage, it doesn't work. Okay. I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, and also life lesson. Okay. There's an idea. I don't, I don't know what, you, what What women hear, but there's an idea that men are often told that it's very important if you want to like have a good marriage is to do things that make your wife happy. It's a very bad idea. Why do you think it's a bad idea for a man to do stuff that makes his wife happy? Right. What ends up happening is over time... And let's assume that he's really, really matured, and there's no building of resentment on his end, which is already, that's like a chiddish. That's already an impressive thing. If you're doing things just to make someone else happy, most people tend to build up resentment slowly. But let's say that doesn't happen. Even if that's not the case, being on the receiving end, what are you gonna feel like you have? A husband or a servant? Right? And it's lonely to have a servant, right? You don't feel connected to someone who serves you. Now, that, 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 it doesn't mean that person just like just do whatever they want, right? But the thing is, doing something just to make someone else happy without any underlying feelings of love and wanting to be together doesn't actually create closeness. It actually creates distance. Okay? And so sometimes what seems like very good advice is actually very bad advice. Right? A marriage is going to be much more effective if you find ways of strengthening the feelings of love and then finding ways of expressing that love in ways that the other part, a spouse can receive rather than just like, oh, what do I need to do to make my spouse happy? That's not going to work to bring you closer together. Okay, now, I mean, if it's not a relationship oh, that's supposed to be a loving relationship, right? Let's say it's a relationship of service, well, then that's fine. It's a different issue, right? Make sense? Okay, so.
0: We're on service Sasha.
1: We are, but we're talking about love.
0: Right, and we're not, I'm saying we're not supposed to show, we have to show Hashem love. We have to, we can't just do whatever He wants us to
1: do
0: um. and make Him happy.
1: There are different ways of relating to Hashem. The Altarbis starts off in Tanya, and for the first 40 chapters, primarily focuses on love. Chapter 41, he switches and shifts the emphasis to um, fear or awe or respect, whatever word you want to use. I don't want to get into that right now. There is an idea that we are servants of Hashem, and it is a relationship of service. However, that can only really be genuinely true once there is already a certain more basic level of relationship at play. So, for instance, if I love Hashem, and my relationship is one that is mainly centered around my love for Him, I will eventually hit a wall in that relationship. And that wall comes about because ultimately... um, Hashem is not my beloved. Ultimately Hashem has an autonomous, independent being and I am a creation of His. And, and so something is just not going to work. And I'm going to have to start redefining my relationship more from a place that He created me to serve Him and then reintroduce the love. Okay, That's something that um, is very important. But if you start out by with that the notion that a person has is that my, I'm supposed to serve Hashem, what well, you end up doing, and there's no love, what you end up doing is that the person starts to feel used.
0: We start feeling used?
1: Mm-hmm. And um, how do you keep somebody who's feeling used to keep doing what they're supposed to be doing? If you feel like you're being taken advantage of by somebody, how, what keeps you doing it? keeps you cooperating with like them. Creating an connection. No, you're being used by you feel like you're being taken advantage of. You're being used by them. What No. like Why? Why? What
0: do you tell us
1: always
0: just using
1: each Sure, there's there's something No the love No look. You're being like, somebody and you feel like wait a minute. They're just using me for maybe eventually they'll love you, like
0: you'll have a relationship.
1: Okay, then you're really being abused. <laughs> yeah. No, reason, but, ba- but basically we can take that, that's a more subtle version, is basically they're using some kind of coercion. There's a threat of punishment, there's the promise of reward. That's to get you to comply because underlying is what happens is that if a person feels that I have no positive feelings towards this whoever, whether it's God, whether it's another person, and I'm expected to serve them, and then over time, you just end up feeling resentment. And the only thing that keeps you from acting on that resentment is that it's not in your self-interest. That's like the antithesis of everything that Judaism is supposed to be and everything that Hasidism reveals about Judaism. Now, is it true that at some point we do have to come face to face with the fact that... like? God is really God, and we are not God, and 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 He did create us for His purpose. Yes, and that that is addressed. Which chapter, Tanya, begins to address that? I mentioned that already. 41. It's a 40 forty-something. 40
0: something. It's,
1: it's forty-one. It says the forty-one. Thing. And what? Yeah, it does. Does it also talk about why God <laughs> created us that way? I don't want to get very very too serious far serious into it. Okay, what but second, is but, that what you say before that one? No, it says there it says there in the chapter that you should think about these ideas before davening. That's why we do it before David. But the thing is that chapter starts out with the word Brahm. Brahm in Hebrew means however. And there's two chapters that start with the word Brahm. Chapter twenty-six and chapter forty one. And both of them the Altrib introduces something. Twenty six is twenty six is where the altar introduces the importance of joy. And basically it's like this. The Altrib spends twenty five chapters explaining to you how to have a relationship with God. And then he says, however, if you're not joyous, none of what I told you will be effective. And then he starts dealing with how do you maintain joy, how do you increase in joy, etc., etc., etc. After 40 chapters of describing how to have a loving relationship with Hashem, where yes, he's God, and you're a person, and you're having a loving relationship, and there's also fear included in the love, and there's fear and there's awe of it. But it ultimately is about a loving relationship. He says, however. If you make it, if if you if you don't ground this in the fact that ultimately this is a relationship of service, then you're going to have problems and it's going to have obstacles. And therefore, at some point, a person needs to come back to this point that God did create us out of nothing, and God has an ultimate purpose, and blah blah blah. Um, that
0: starts by. And that's and
1: that's chapter 20, 41. and I've heard from. I never, I never saw this explicitly said as a commentary Tanya from any of the Rebbeim, but I did hear it um, and I know where the Rebbe says similar ideas, and says similar ideas, is that even though um, certain things are, necess- are, are foundational steps, there's something that comes before the foundation, which is the general context. If my general relationship with Hashem overall is not a positive loving relationship with Hashem, that's not the general environment in which Hashem and I exist in my head, then no idea of serving Hashem is ever going to be what the Torah intended serving. Hashem I will I'll interpret serving Hashem as being taken advantage of. The only way that serving Hashem can be understood properly is if there's a general sense of love and positivity. So the Altarev spends 40 chapters describing what is overwhelmingly a loving relationship, which has elements of fear, awe, respect, whatever, and then only after that, then shifts and says, okay, but if you really can take this seriously, you're gonna to have to actually do things in a slightly different order. Um, and if I can make a little social commentary, many people who grow up religious, their whole sense of Judaism is messed up because somebody um, got them to have a sense that primarily you should sense that the relation with God is one of service, um, rather than it's one of love and that really messes everything up. Really, really messes everything up. Okay? My, uh, what? Now, have you ever seen little kids? Yeah? How do little, what do little kids want to do for their parents? Let's bracket, let little kids get distracted, little kids get hungry and they have short right. But like when they're like, they're, they're fed, they're not distracted, like what do they want to do? They want
0: connection.
1: But not they just connection. They want attention. And
0: they yeah, want but, love. Right?
1: A little, little kids will do things on their own initiative, right, for their parents, right? Not as a means to get something, right? But they, 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 right? But now, that, that gets ruined the more negative the relationship becomes. The more, right? right, like if, 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 if the parent, if the child starts to feel like the parents are using them to clean up the house, I'm like, I don't want to clean up the house for you, right? So there, there's a very sensitive thing here. This is not chapter four. Okay, this is in chapter 41, you need to talk about what is what does this mean, the idea of fearing Hashem and serving Hashem, being a servant of Hashem, and all these things. Very important ideas. But to come to a person and, and start off with the idea of like, you, you're here in order to make God happy. That's it. If like that's the, the initial thing, then all their sense of God is that God is a bully. And like that, that like Okay, as long as you're afraid of the bully messing up your life, you're going to comply, right? And as soon as you're not afraid of the bully, then you're done. And like, that's not Judaism. And it's certainly not chassidus. I was speaking to one of the shluchim in the men's program about this idea. He said, yeah, the problem is that, that, that people often in high school use the idea of your service of God as just a way of trying to indoctrinate students to comply with administration. (laughs) <laughs> it's like nothing about serving God. It's like, I don't want to have to deal with reality teenagers, so you're supposed to serve God, so you're supposed to have to, you know, listen and be obedient. It's like it's nothing to do with, like, serving God. It's about, like, I don't want to have to deal with you as a human being because, like, teenagers are complicated, so I'd rather just tell you to shut up and listen. And then I, like, use the language that's about service of God, and then you ruin that whole dynamic. I think a crime against humanity, but whatever. The
0: what you feel to... Hashem does it, is a it relationship where doesn't become more
1: complicated. Yes. Yes. In other words, the person who has the simplest relationship with Hashem is either going to be a child or a fresh Balchuva. And by bal tshuva, I mean someone who didn't grow up religious. Because it's all new and it's all very, for lack of words, one-dimensional. Like, God good, more torments was is better. Right? That's basically the whole issue. Um, and whereas, say, for instance, at tzaddik is a very messy relationship with the Hashem. Very complicated. Really? Very complicated. Extremely complicated.
0: So then, if we're supposed to get, like, so close and close and more connected to Hashem, shouldn't it be the opposite? Shouldn't it be easier, our connection, why, is it, why does it become so hard?
1: What's easier, to walk or to be a, or what's easier, to walk or be an Olympic athlete? What?
0: What? To
1: walk or be an Olympic athlete to walk. That's right. Mm. What's easier to be a child or be a parent? A
0: child.
1: To be a newlywed or to be or to have be be middle-aged couple with teenage children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You see like there's there's like there here's the rule. When there's more going on, there's harder to deal with. When you're dealing with less it's easier to deal with. That's the way it is. But
0: it's more rewarding.
1: I mean, the, well, I mean I, there, is a, there is a tendency, there is a tendency, which is like, anth- like Chabad does have an agenda. And one of the agendas of Chabad is to make your life more complicated. Okay, uh, but I want to explain why that is. Eventually we'll get back to the time. Um, there are approaches to Judaism and Torah and Mitzvahs relationship with Hashem where the idea is to keep it as simple as possible. Um, but what that means is that the relationship with Hashem is going to have to stay infantile. Okay? Like, I have a one-year-old. My relationship with the one-year-old is fine. But my relationship with the one-year-old is the relationship you have with the one-year-old, which is, well, it's not one, it'll be one tonight. But it's a one-year-old. So, what is, that? what is the relationship with the one-year-old? He's cute, he needs me to take care of him, right? And I have to balance that with whatever else is going on as, like, you know, life, right? Okay, that's it. And for many people, like that's it. There's God is like you know, God loves me. God's supposed to take care of me, and like I'm supposed to like you know, not make it too difficult for God to take care of me, and that's that, right? Okay, but here's the thing, and this is this is just a very simple observation. Are you a one-year-old infant? So if you're relating to Hashem, basically following the model of being a one-year-old infant, then are you, as a whole person, really relating to Hashem? Because you are a grown woman and then you'll be a mother and a wife and, a, and a, maybe the administrator of some company. Like you're a whole complex person, right? So you when you have relationships with things, they're involved and they're involved, right? Okay. So it doesn't have to be more complicated than you are, but it can't be less complicated than you are. And there is a tendency because we would like it to be smooth and as simple um, and as unchallenging as possible to reduce the relationship to a manageable, immature level. But then there's a whole side of us which is never part of the relationship with the chef. And the Alter Rebbe, the whole approach of Chabad, which is the whole, I give you to Kisle, was like, no, no, no. The whole person has to be related to Hashem. Hashem has to permeate every aspect of your life, which means if you're a complicated person, then your relationship with Hashem has to be equally sophisticated. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't a place for that, that, that fundamental, simple level as well. That has to be incorporated in it as well. But, but you can't... I'll give you an, an example, and this is maybe not so politically correct. One of the issues that um, sometimes um, women have um, is that if a woman is very sex- successful in career and she's a boss and everything else, and that at home she doesn't want to be the boss at home, she wants to be the wife, and there's gender roles and all that. And so then the question is, like, do you like, flip a switch and just pretend to be someone else at home and someone else at work? That doesn't work long-term very well, right? But then who you are in one context is so radically different from who you are in another context. And so there's a question of how can you be both in the way that they integrate. The reason I know this is my, my sister sent me a book about this. <laughs> but, and it's, a, it's an issue, and I'm not saying there's simple solutions. And the alternative is basically like the simple point is, yes, you're a Jew, but you're also a person. You're also educated. You're also complicated. You're also all these other things, right? And so like, you can't just like shut all that out when you op- and open a tillum. That's not going to work. I mean, if you are that person, really, 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 then that's fine. Nobody's that. Like, even Chabad, the, the person who's really that simple-minded is fine. There's no one no one's saying, like, you have to be someone that you're not. But the problem is that we often try to be someone that we're not when relating to Hashem and to our mitzvahs. When we, when that's not who we are in life. Like, you have people that, like, they're, they're professors and they're, 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 they run businesses and, like, they... they, they they're educators. They they they're sophisticated people. And all of a sudden, when they dive in, now they're gonna like go back to being seven. It doesn't work. I mean, it does work if you like make those compartmentalization. But it doesn't work in terms of having. So yeah, let's. So now, if you're a tzaddik, you're a tzaddik, you're a person whose relationship with Hashem isn't comp isn't isn't doesn't have this issue of maybe Hashem, maybe not Hashem. Like no, you're 100 percent on board with Hashem. Then every part of your being gets floated to the surface. Like, marriage is much more complicated when you're middle-aged than when you're newlywed because you have to like you're not, you're not like newlyweds when they get married they still try to pretend to be someone that they're not to some degree or another not I'm saying maliciously but you, you do and then slowly over time you get to know the person and the person is more complicated than the person it's more sophisticated than the person there's more internal contradictions and like to relate in a healthy way given all of that is much more involved sure That's why tzaddikim, tzaddikim cry a lot. Because it's like, they, they cry a lot, they're introspective a lot, they, they, they have a lot of joy, it's messy. It's a lot of different things. All right, so yes, we are servants of Hashem, and no, like, you shouldn't go around telling a child that your job is to make God happy, and what goes on with you doesn't matter. That's like, oh, I was gonna tell you, so one thing is really important to tell children is to make sure they have their priorities straight. So, one thing I do with my kids when they're younger, like, you're just walking around doing, like, going shopping whatever, is I ask them, like, what's the most important thing in the world? What's the best thing in the world? Pick your adjective, right? And so they invariably say Torah and Mitzvahs, which is correct. And then I say, and why did Hashem give us the Torah and Mitzvahs? What's the answer? Because He loves us. So... What does that mean? What's the highest priority? Us. Right? He gives us the term. Right? You're taking this really, really valuable thing, you're giving it to someone because you love them, so what's more important to you? The thing you're giving to the one you love or the one you love?
0: Right?
1: Like, and that's not a complicated idea, but that has to be in place, right? In fact, in says, the reason why Hashem wants us to serve Him is because service ultimately creates a higher connection than experiences of love and whatever. I'm not getting into that why that's true, but but to, but to like make a person feel like you know God wants to live in the basement and he needs somebody to to build the apartment for him, like some just like contract worker. That's not a good way to think about yourself and God. Anyway, enough of my rambling. Good. Yes. Okay. So going back to. Love. So with people, the love, the feeling of love is what creates the connection, right? And the, the speech and the action is effective in, in creating the connection in as much as it really conveys and captures the love, right? Okay, which is tricky, because you've got to now find an action or speech which you feel really expresses the love that you feel and is also the kind of thing where they can receive the love, right? Um, and And, you know, that's why different Different relationships are going to have different kinds of behaviors and speech because how the love can be conveyed and how love can be received is going to vary from person to person, relationship to relationship. Good? Okay. Now, the, we often would then like to think that, well, then it's basically the same thing with Hashem. Like, I love Hashem and the real connection is how I feel love for Hashem. And then the action of the Shabbos candles or whatever is just the means by which I show the love or He shows love to me or we... we we, we in, in, interact with each other, celebrate the love, whatever it is. But that's not true. Okay, why isn't it true? And to understand that, we need to understand why is it that love connects people. We're going to have to do this. First, we're going to do two things. Why is it that love truly connects people but doesn't truly connect us with Hashem? And then we're going to have to do the reverse. Why does the action um, connect, truly connect us to Hashem but doesn't truly connect us to people? Okay, we're going to do the first thing first. Okay, Why does love truly connect us to other people? Why is that? Do you
0: see it more easily? Well, you can see actions pretty easily.
1: I would say you can see actions more easily.
0: So why does it
1: connect us, like, why? By- yeah, if I, like, the, 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 uh, if I am going to say I'm truly connected to someone, That tr- what what is it that makes us truly connected? Not that I do things for them, they do things for me, but that I love them and they love me, right? Right. So, why? Why is the love the truer connect? Why is love, that's true connection. Action's not really, it's connection, it's not true connection. Why?
0: Because you don't love everybody, so like you can do actions for everybody, but like that specific emotion is only like, like yet yeah, maybe shown through action, but like, I don't know. And you're not making sense, nor is The more you love someone, the more somebody needs.
1: Okay. And then- you're, you're on the right track
0: the deeper
1: the connection you make with them. Okay, you skipped something. Okay. okay, when I walk down the street, okay, how big are the people that I see? And I don't mean physically. I mean how much of my mind do they take up? What?
0: Barely anything.
1: Right. Now, I was walking back from back to the men's program yesterday, and I saw someone who comes to my tiny shir. Not this Tanya year I teach other Tanya shear. I teach Tanya shear Friday night, um, attended basically by a bunch of people with long pace who are not Lubavitch. And I saw one of the guys, and he, he's a very interesting guy. And um, I just saw him on the street. Yeah. He was bigger in my mind, not like physically bigger, but he took up more space in my mind, right? I saw him like, I don't know, half a block away. Why? cuz he means something to me right he's a person right that i care i, I care about i know, i care about him very and I, I mean, he's not like my son right he's not my best friend right but oh, sure oh, because what like well, what do you think happens when i give a class i
0: guess you connect but like it's just like you can give a class to 100 people
1: i don't like giving classes to 100 people you know why <laughs> no cuz you're not when you're giving class to 100 people you're not giving a class to people you're giving a class to an audience hmm. people are individuals <laughs> I hate teaching to big crowds. It doesn't work. I mean, it does work. There are people who are lecturers and they give lectures and the whole thing. I hate it. I just can't stand it. No, there's a guy. He sits across from me for the past four years, once a week. I'm trying to explain to him Hey, four what
0: years a lot, Right,
1: but over time what happens, like he asks questions, I'm well, trying to explain we something. We get to right, we develop a relationship, right? Now it's not the deepest relationship in the world, right? But but if I if he's missing from this year, like I feel like I wish he was here. Like something like was gone was it last week, two weeks ago? This week. This week this past Shabbos, he wasn't there. And like we're talking about something that I knew like it was something that was bothering him and we we're gonna get to it, and he missed the week and it was like it was sad that he wasn't there and like Okay, it's not the deepest love in the world, right? But it's the, I, 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 I enjoy his presence. He's interested in what I have to say. I'm interested in whether he's getting it. I'm seeing it has a positive influence on his life. Connecting to him, there's so many different dimensions going on here, right? And when you slowly become intertwined, and you care about the other person, right? And they become more of a, an entity in your own mind, right? When you love someone, they're more important to you. Right? Feeling like you want them around makes them stick around in your mind and so all of a sudden it's like not just some random guy with a black hat and a long bass walking down the street It's like oh it's him yeah. right okay. Now let's, let's when I went over to him and I said like, well, he's going I'm going like we don't have time to talk right. He said, how are you doing right. Why did he respond? If I walk over to some random person on the street, we'll get to the random person again in a second, but just, if I go over here and say, how are you doing? What's, what's most people's reaction going to be? Goodbye. Like, like, what are you, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Right. Why didn't you react that way?
0: You want a relationship. Right.
1: Relationship. Right. So in other words, right, that, that the fact that I feel this way about him, right, is reciprocated Now he feels that way about me. And that has this positive build on off of each other, right? Assuming you don't do something to ruin it. Okay, now here's the interesting thing. If you approach someone on the street, right? Genuinely interested in them. Even if they're a complete stranger. Again, everybody has free will. This is what I'm saying is a general rule. Generally speaking, what's going to happen?
0: They'll
1: They'll stop and talk to you. Why? They don't know you. What?
0: You show
1: emotion. That's right. In other words, the fact that you feel any sort of emotion towards them as a person elicits in them kind of emotional... They start relating to you back emotionally. And now, it's like, it's like, you can't just like turn off emotion. It doesn't work so easily. You get what I'm saying? In other words, we emotionally trigger each other. That's the thing. We feed off of each other emotionally. Emotions are a part of me. Emotions are a part of you. And our emotions are are something that not just make me feel connected to you, but they also trigger your emotions, which makes you feel connected to me, right? This also works in the negative, right? Um, You know how you make a fight? You have a little bit of negative emotion towards somebody, right? And what if you have a little negative emotion towards them, what happens? They
0: circle negative
1: emotions. And then then you feel more negative emotion towards them until poof, Mm -hmm. right? That's how that works. So the idea is that emotion makes emotion makes you important to me. Emotion makes you, me important to you, and my emotion triggers your emotion. Your emotion triggers my emotion. Right. So assuming these emotions are connective, positive, loving emotions, then yes, love will actually be a glue that brings us together. Because by loving you, you're important to me. By loving you, that triggers your love to me. By loving me, I become important to you. Your love triggers my love to you. Right. make so, you know make sense? Okay. What if you love a goldfish? Does it work that way? Why not? Can't trigger their emotions. That's right. You can't trigger their emotions. Your emotions don't trigger their emotions. Right? Why not? What? doesn't have the
0: same emotions.
1: Right. It doesn't have the same emotions. Okay. So now, You and Hashem is more like you and a person or more like you and a goldfish?
0: Goldfish.
1: Right. In fact, you and a goldfish have more in common than you and Hashem as beings, right? So it's like, I feel this tremendous feeling of love to Hashem and I want to be with Him and He's important to me. What does that trigger in Hashem? Wait,
0: why? Because they are a physical being? No. you and a goldfish have
1: more in common? Well, first off, you're both physical. Yeah, I mean, a lot of your emotions are centered around things like not wanting to die, right? Yeah. And I would presumably, if a goldfish has emotions, that would be like a central theme in their emotions, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, God being not capable of dying probably doesn't have any like, emotions centered around the not dying thing, right?
0: Yeah.
1: No, but If we go a little, bit, a little bit deeper than this, okay? We touched on this yesterday. Fundamentally, you're a person. Fundamentally, I'm a person. Fundamentally, what makes you tick is what makes me tick. Right, if you go on the most basic levels, right? So we're something that's called in Hebrew Ba'erch each other, we're comparable to each other. So we trigger each other. For good and for bad. Yeah. How much eva- how much how many let me put this really. Yeah? How many mitzvahs do you have to do in order for God to get really happy? One. Why? Does that make any sense?
0: Yes.
1: Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's Let's get rid of the religious propaganda, right? You light what You li- light oh, no. what oh, I want you to think about this. No matter what. One second. You light a candle, and what does that do for God? Exactly. Explain that to me. That's right. You have no idea what it does for God. How would you know what it does for God? Are you God? No. Now, if you lit a candle for me, what would that do for me? Give
0: me some
1: light. That's right. And if if I really needed light, I'd probably say it would be great. But if I didn't really need some light, then. Right, okay? Because a can- exactly what a candle means to you is more or less what a candle means to me. Adjusting for variations of circumstance and particular experiences, but basically the same thing, right? If you love me, well, emotions trigger emotions. Lighting candles produces light. Okay, well, is there any reason why lighting a candle should like really make God say, oh, now I feel amazing because they lit a candle. Really, that makes any sense? Doesn't make any sense. Okay. And if you love Hashem, that's any different than a candle? I mean, it's different to people, right? Emotions and candles are different things to people, right? But if you're a god, right, you transcend time and space. You, weren't, you would not depend on anything, right? You bring everything into being effortlessly. The difference between an emotion and a candle is what exactly? Like why is one carries more weight with you than the other? Okay, well, but once you're going because you said so, that's just like arbitrary, right? That's 100% the prob- same problem. In other words, in other words, like this, okay? There's something that we have to face when we're dealing with Hashem, which is that Hashem is not comparable to us. Okay. Which means like this, in as much as it's me approaching Him, that's a non-starter. That's a non-starter. I can approach you. I can do things that you benefit from. You take out the trash and your house is cleaner, and you benefit from that. That's wonderful, right? That doesn't mean we're very close, right? There's somebody who takes out the trash here. What? Okay, where do you put it? the
0: trash
1: can. And who empties the trash can?
0: Israel.
1: What? Israel. Israel deals with it, right? See, look at that dehumanizing, right? There's a person who's doing things that you benefit from, and you're like no interest in who that person is, right? Okay, but that's fine because it's just an action, right? How much does an action really connect you? On the other hand, right? If somebody felt. That they wanted to be with you, right? And therefore, you were, they, you were important to them and you could pick up on that feeling that, they were, that would trigger similar things back in you, right? And then that would feel, feel this closeness. And Okay. But those differences between action and feeling, th- th- those are all built on the fact that you're both people. Hashem isn't a person. He's nothing like a person. There's nothing that's like Him at all. There's nothing that triggers Him. There's nothing that... So, like, like you want to get closer to Hashem. Fine, that's very nice. You want to get closer to Hashem. Nothing that you do, say, feel, whatever, is going to trigger Hashem, is going to elicit anything back from Him by nature. And so one can make a very good argument that when it comes to a person relating to God, it's all one-sided, right? You might be in awe of God, in love with God, enthralled with God, and, and, and whatever, but God is God. And he's like, okay. It's like... What does that have to do with him? He's not a person that gets triggered by emotion. But
0: maybe that is, really is the purpose of my person? Maybe there is things that kind of trigger him, like sometimes we do see miracles, and we do see brokenness. not so often,
1: but like But, but that's who says miracles are because he's like really engaged with you? I mean, he just created the world. Okay, for whatever reason, he created the world. What does that have to do with you? Or what does that have to do with him? Like. I mean, I also flush the toilet and the cockroaches benefit tremendously, and I'm sure they think it's a miracle every time I flush the toilet. It doesn't mean that like Yeah, but see, yeah. see <laughs> a nice example of something that we can
0: understand and telling us about something that like
1: we don't get. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do you know why parents love children? Because God made it in the nature of parents to love children.
0: Yeah. Right? Right.
1: Okay. Do you know why when you love somebody they love you back and then you start feeling close because god made it in the nature of us that that's how right we interact with each other right okay can we use that as now a model to understand a relationship with hashem is there somebody that defines oh god's nature is x and our nature is y so if we do this it's gonna trigger like that that's not gonna work you can't make an appeal to god's nature can you okay That means, is there anything you can do that say just naturally it would make sense that if I do, feel, say, think, whatever, X, therefore God is going to be close to me? That that, that doesn't make any sense. There's nothing from you that can trigger closeness to God. Ah, but the mitzvahs come from him. That's different. This is the thing. I can get you to love me whether you like it or not. Now, so, one second, just one sec, one sec, one second. Now, when you like it or not, I mean to say, that if you decide to use all of your autonomy and free will not to love me back, fine, you could do that, right? But you're going to have to suppress, like, and, and that all depends on how determined I am, but if, you, if someone really wants you to love them, right, then all they have to do is really love you and keep making sure that they, 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 they express that love in a way that resonates with you. And you're going to have to use every fiber of your being to suppress feelings of love not to love them back. Okay. right? Is that a model of what happens with Hashem? No. Your experiences, your actions, your feelings, your knowledge, or whatever, is not something that captures, that triggers, that, that, that latches on to Hashem. Hashem is beyond us. So my loving of Hashem is insignificant to Hashem. My action is, by the way, equally insignificant to Hashem, right? But what you point is that it's not. There's nothing of my doing that can create true attachment to Hashem. This is the hard thing. There is. I can do something to really be connected to someone else, right? Because since they have a nature, I can use that nature, right? That they already have. Work with that and create true connection, right? That's why if you approach someone genuinely interested in them, right, with an open smile, right, and really like. You, you, you're, they're gonna they're gonna like again unless they actively choose to suppress it they're going to respond right in some kind of connective way because you have some sort of influence over them because they have a, they have a, they have a nature and their nature is comparable to your nature and it works off of that That's not true with Hashem. So it's not wrong
0: to say though
1: that we do things for the sets it's not a question of what it's wrong to say the question is what does it mean? So in other words like this, Okay, if you don't want another person to love you, if you, don't want to, if you don't want to feel love to another person, you're going to have to prevent them from doing things or if they do things that elicit feelings of love and you're going to have to actively suppress the feelings of love, right? Make sense? Okay. If Hashem doesn't want you to be connected to him, what does he have to do?
0: Nothing.
1: Nothing. Reverse. He has to do something so that you can be connected, right? If he doesn't extend the hand and say, "Here I am," then how are you supposed to be connected to him? There is no, there is no automatic bridge between the two of us. Now, does Hashem extend the hand and say, "Here I am"? Sure, but that's the only access point we have to him. We don't have the, We don't have. We don't have that same dynamic where. M- where we're feeding off of each other's natures. I love Hashem, and therefore I want to be close to Him. That's very nice. But unless Hashem makes Himself available, there's no way to be close to Him. The only way I can be close to Him is where He makes Himself available to me, where He lowers Himself down to my level. Where He says, here I am. Here you can come close to me. If He doesn't do that, I'm stuck. Then I want, I want, I want, I desire, to desire, and like, I'll have some sort of existential crisis, and that's the end of it. Now, here's the thing. If a person feels that by loving Hashem, they're close to Hashem, like that they're really genuine close to Hashem because they love Hashem, what's wrong? A person feels love towards Hashem and they feel that the love is what really connects me to Hashem.
0: Well, one-sided thing. Why? Because then it's just about how I feel
1: in i to Hashem, not
0: because, like, I'm not
1: actually connected to Hashem. Okay, but there's a deeper problem. What kind of a sense of who, who is Hashem in your mind that you feel like by loving him you feel close to him? You're actually close it's to him. More like a right, that's right. You've turned Hashem into the giant man in the sky that we all make fun of, right? Oh, you think God is a giant man in the sky. But here's the thing if you feel that you love Hashem and that love actually connects you to Hashem, then granted, you don't think that he's a giant man in the sky physically, but you really do think that he's a giant man in the sky. Because what are you thinking? that by me feeling emotion towards him, that automatically creates a connection the way it does with other people. So he's to me, he's comparable to me, he's more or less a human being just with superpowers. And now I'm falling back into that same childish trap that we all make fun of. Hopefully we make fun of, right? But that's what it is. But if I say, wait a minute, my desire to be close to him got to me no closer to him than if I didn't desire to I mean, not saying the desire to be close to him isn't important, but that doesn't actually make me close to him. What makes me close to him? Is accepting his overture to be close to him. When he comes, unless he comes down here and says here, come here, come be with me, then I can be close to him. That's the only way to be close to Hashem. Because he is not comparable to me. He's, He's transcends any notion of being that I have. So unless he lowers himself to me, there's no concept of being close to him. Does that make sense? And so, there, there's
0: How can a... What? What? I had to do them in order to connect to God, right? right? And like, this is this is what I was given and this is how I have to do it. How can we say that everyone's different take on how we connect to God according to these mitzvahs and have a difference of opinions and this this one says this one and this one says that and like whatever, like that that's accurate?
1: That's a very good question. I don't want to answer it right now. I do want to answer it. So maybe I'll get back to it today. And if I don't, please remind me to get back to it next week, okay? Yes. It doesn't make sense. What they're connected to is not God. Right. Right? Those, their, notion, their sense of God, it's like, it, it, I'm going to say something a little extreme, but in some sense that's idol worship. I don't mean they're worshiping themselves. That's not what I mean. Oh, you're worshipping yourself. No, No, I don't mean that. I mean, it's idol worship because the thing that they imagine God to be is not anything what God actually is. Because if they would have a sense of what God actually is, that their beloved is, is beyond any comparison to them whatsoever, then they would feel incapable of being connected because of their own overtures, their own efforts, their own feelings. Not that their feelings don't matter, not that their feelings aren't important, but they can't, how can my feelings connect me to God? So now i okay, so then why is, that, why is love the root of doing the act I want to be connected to him. Love is a desire to be connected. I want to be connected and mitzvah's connect me. But my love can't connect me because my love is my human feelings towards God. And God is infinite. God is transcendent. God is beyond time and space. And, like when I love a person, my love, in as much as my love is something that is sensed by them, creates a connection because it triggers a love back from them. Right? My love makes them important to me. Their love makes me important to them. My love triggers their love. Their love triggers my love. We come together. And obviously if we can interact in a way using speech and action to, to, to communicate the love more effectively, that's even better. But the real true connection is in the love. But that's because we're both people. So real
0: desire for connection would be doing by
1: soul Because how can I connect to him in a place that he hasn't reached out to me? I have no ability to, to, to form a connection with Hashem the way I have the ability to form a connection with a person. Only he has the ability to form a connection with me. And that's not, the, is not saying, oh, it's all about the action, doesn't matter how you feel, that's not saying it. it's just. It's part of the love. Part of the love is this, is this, you know, this is why, why, why does David Melech describe loving Hashem like being in a desert, yearning for water? He does that, you know that? Like why? Because when you're in the desert, what you desire, you don't have, right? Which rather just makes you more, right? So when you love another person, barring the person being physically separated from you, loving them actually brings you together. So the love is self-fulfilling, right? right? The only way to have like intense burning, yearning, desire, thirsting for someone is when you love someone that there's something preventing you, right? You know, Romeo and Juliet, your houses don't allow you to get together, so now that you're right. But like, barring that artificial obstacle, love doesn't have that that thirsting quality, because the love actually itself creates the true connection. I love somebody, they're important to me, they sense the love, it triggers love in them, I'm important to them, the love itself builds the connection, there's no thirst. The thirst has to be artificially introduced, physical separation, right, or whatever. With Hashem, the thirst is innate, because what I love I can't have, I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't have, I can receive, but I can't go get. Al Rebbe has a niggin. Not really nigan; it's a of tenua. Tenua means like a little, um, how do you say it? yeah, It's a little stanza. It's like part of a niggin. So the niggin goes like this, and I apologize for singing because I'm really bad at singing, but you're going to have to, you know, put up with it. And it goes like this. I will first sing it, and then I will translate it. And then I will ask you what it means. Okay, it goes like this. I That's the whole thing. It translates like a, a deer who thirsts for water, there should be filling between your eyes. Two halves of two different verses. So what does that mean? If I was really thirsty, I would do the mitzvah. No, like I not really, if you really love from. me, you would do what I want. No, I'm saying that's where the mitzvah
0: comes from, not from the love.
1: Why is the love like a deer thirsty for water? No,
0: it's not from the
1: love. The love is described like like. I'll tie gofik mine like a deer is thirsty for
0: you.
1: The love is like a deer thirsting for water when when does a deer thirst for water? One doesn't have Why is love for Hashem thirsty? Why is it? Because I have What do you mean? I love Hashem. Yeah. Loving Hashem means not having a connection to Hashem. Why is loving Hashem meaning you don't have a connection to Hashem?
0: Because it's not the same as like what we understand
1: Because be love, a is love is you and you are finite. And so it doesn't trigger anything in him. And so the love is never satisfying.
0: So Hashem can never
1: have a connection with us? Oh. On the right, so the first half of the verse is that the love is always unsatisfying. So That's on our side. That's on our side, but then there's the, the but on the Shem side, Hashem comes and says, You don't have to remain thirsty. Put on filling. I am reaching out to you. And
0: that's not showing love? Or showing a
1: connection? It is showing yeah. a connection. Yeah. But 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 so now which part where is where is my participant? what am I doing that's actually me plugging into the connection? The, doing the mitzvah, right? I, I have this thirst for Hashem, like the deer by the water, right? I feel this desire to be close to him, but unlike with a person, my desire to be close to him doesn't actually make us close. And so instead of my desire set to be close, actually creating some sense of closeness and satisfaction, it just creates a deeper sense of yearning, which if you left that go on, unended, what would happen? The person would have a serious crisis, yeah? And Hashem comes and says, it's okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm reaching out to you. Where am I reaching out to you? in the mitzvah. Yet, yeah, you can't be connected to me by desiring me, but I can reach out to you. And if you accept my overture, then we're connected.
0: Wait, how do we reach
1: out to Hashem? We, we reach out to Hashem by desiring him, and that's not very. that doesn't get us closer to him. Because he's well, not like. Well, then we're gonna have to go back. Then we're gonna have to go back afterwards and go, why then is it so important to love Hashem? Right? Right.
0: You're just connecting to
1: God but not aware of that connection. And in that sense, is, is, can you say that you're truly connecting to Hashem?
0: No. I mean, you are, but like...
1: You but are... Not. Th- that's right not. That's no, like, right. Right? This is, this is the thing, right? In other words, it's like it's is it... What my soul like experience. That's right. Right. It's like this. If I do a mitzvah, is Hashem connecting to me? A hundred percent.
0: Sure.
1: But there's a separate question, am I connecting to Him?
0: Well, also, because we said the the mitzvahs are not necessarily Hashem's connection connect to connect So the love is you to him, and the mitzvah is you to him,
1: so both together is both. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah,
0: I want your, yeah. right. So, so you do need
1: both. You both. do need both, <laughs> right, which is why I said earlier, Mekayim Ba'em is one who fills the mitzvah in truth, but what it makes it truly a mitzvah is when you love him. But unlike a person, I'm not using the action as a means to express love. That's not the... the, the, the it, it, it's. In other words, the the mitzvah the mitzvah is the only way I can actually say I'm truly connected My desire to connect him is I can't really be, it, yes, I mean, it, it's a kind of a connection, right? I desire him, I wanna be with him. But unlike a person where my desire to be with another person, unless there's something interfering, actually creates a connection between us. It, it starts this whole feedback loop of right, love and importance, importance and love and, and connecting. That's not what happens. I can love Hashem and all that's going to happen is I'm going to become more and more and more desperate for him. More, Assuming that my sense of Hashem is is an accurate sense of Hashem, you know, I really appreciate the transcendence of what it means to be God. Then I'm just going to become more and more desperate, more and more thirsty. Right? And the only thing that could possibly make that better is to know that Hashem is reaching out to me. And Hashem reaches out to me in the mitzvah. And so then when you do that's truly doing a mitzvah. And so the true connection to Hashem is in the mitzvah, not that mitzvah is an expression of my love. Right. And so yes, I might do mitzvahs because I love Hashem, but it's not the same way I do things to express my love to other people. I'm receiving Hashem in the mitzvah. And that's the only way to receive Hashem. that make sense? I
0: love
1: the way Oh, so the, the ultimately that's what happens. Ultimately, his love is the way for me, to, to, me to, to, to experience what the mitzvah really is and for me to connect it. How do I appreciate what it means that Hashem reached out to me? That only can happen if I actually desire him. And, I can only, and only if I desire him for what he truly is, which is beyond me. If I desire for him in a way that he I sense that he's comparable to me, then I'm not really desiring him. Right? This goes back to like, if I love Hashem because Hashem is the source of meaning in life, do I really need to put on tefillin? Honestly. Yeah. No. Because like I can get meaning. There's lots of. He's the source, and that's great. But I can get meaning, right? Like, I mean, there's a lot of ways to get meaning. Give me some ways to get meaning. Help someone. Help someone, right? Yeah. Save the environment, right? Make art. There's lots of ways to get meaning. And I'm a little more profound and philosophical. I realize that, that meaning, if it we're to be real, there has to be a source, and the source is God. Okay, fine, very good. But I don't need to go put on something like Chavez candles. I might, but I might not. But if my sense is that the one I love is not a person, is not human, is nothing like a human being, is totally beyond any human notions of good and bad, of right and wrong, of doesn't, doesn't fit into, the, then like what, what I, the one I desire is not within my reach to connect to at all. And then if I have an awareness that, that nonetheless he reaches out and finds something in my life, he says, in this, I will be part of your life, and this I will reach out to you, and this I'll be connected to you. Then I, then that's my only way to connect. Then that becomes my whole life. Appreciating Hashem as the source of life and wonder and beauty and all those things doesn't lead you to, 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 to necessarily need to do mitzvahs. But loving Hashem because He's truly God, then then there's no way for me to connect Him other than His reaching out to me. That makes sense. Okay. You, now. I am reeling. <laughs> why are you guys so casual about
0: this? Right. This is
1: this is I mean, this is this is why you know chassidim say that like chassidus brings life, because now it's not like this technical thing anymore. Like now, turn mitzvahs is, is intense. It's extremely intense and extremely personal and extremely difficult. And the difficulty here, I want to hear, the difficulty here is not keeping Shabbos and not keeping kosher and not putting on to so fill and lighting Shabbos candles and going to make, but those are not the difficult things. The difficult things is being a human being and, and having this kind of desire and being able to appreciate that there's a way to fulfill that desire, right? <laughs> Without getting distracted by all of the more animalistic sides of it, that's the difficulty.
0: For the desire to connect
1: Hashem? To yeah. To awaken that desire, to that's feel that desire.
0: Kind of like
1: yeah. And, and yet you have an animal side to you that's pulling you away from that, that's scared of that, things that takes too much time and effort. So it becomes much more like an actual relationship, and a lot less about the technicalities. So we've, we've shifted. It's, like, it's all about the mitzvah, and yet on some level, it's like not even the mitzvah. Like almost like the actual doing of the mitzvah is like automatic. That's not even the hard part. The hard part is, do I actually thirst for Hashem? Do I actually sense, do I actually appreciate what it means that a mitzvah is Him reaching out to me? Because if, if that's what I'm struggling to, 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 to grasp and to maintain and to have a sense of, well then the mitzvahs are, the mitzvahs are for sure going to happen. The mitzvahs are for sure going to be done with, 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 with chayis and with enthusiasm. But those things are hard. And those things are intense. And then you throw in the fact that I'm not just a generic person. I have my own life experiences, my own issues, my own things going on. To, right. Right? And then what you know, to get that thirst, right, just to be very honest, like some person get that thirst and yet get blinded by that thirst and, and almost forget that they have the mitzvah.
0: Right?
1: There's need to maintain the awareness that yeah, Hashem actually does reach out to me. To feel the the beyondness of Hashem and desire him on the one end, and yet to have the, 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 the sensitivity that, that nonetheless he's reaching out to me, these are dynamic things. These are these are it's a whole inner world. Right? So,
0: like, that's obviously Hashem
1: and mitzvahs. Positive mitzvahs. But mitzvahs, I only
0: sound like Hashem reaching out
1: That's right. Negative mitzvahs Hashem is not reaching out to you at all. Which is why negative mitzvahs, and, uh, negative mitzvahs even though I'm, if I love Hashem, I will not do Avera's because, like, why would I do something that annoys Hashem if I love him? It, the dynamic of negative mitzvahs is a very different thing, and that's what we're going to learn next, is the, is the fear of Hashem and how that leads to observing the negative mitzvahs.
0: Not
1: killing has nothing to do with the love of God. Right. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm reaching out when he tells me that when I. He's, he's not. That's something. When else. I, I don't. Right. Okay, now the one thing I want to point out is that you notice that, the, that there's not one mitzvah? How many how positive mitzvahs? How many positive mitzvahs are there? 248. 248. Now, why is that problematic? Because what did we just say a mitzvah is? Hashem, in his infinite transcendence, is doing what? Reaching out to me. Meaning
0: he's limiting himself to two hundred and forty eight reaching out
1: this? Well yeah, but I would phrase this differently. If he's one, then why the two hundred and forty eight mitzvahs? Right. He's reaching out should just be one thing, right? No, it's
0: how be okay. like I would say maybe it's a chassad we like, have so many different ways of being Oh,
1: which means which means okay, but now here's the thing that we'll wanna which one is it? here's the thing. Is it Hashem reaching out is just reaching out in is is the is the difference in two hundred forty eight minutes? is that he's just there's different things that I can do, or he's reaching out in different ways. He's reaching out in different ways, which means it's not just that it's not just like like like. Think about it like your limbs, right? Your hands and your arms. They're both something that you control. In that sense, there's no difference, but there's a difference, right? You, most people can't write with their hand with their feet, and most people can't walk with their hands. Right, so the way I reach out into the world with my hands is different than the way I reach out into the world and engage the world with my feet, right?
0: Right.
1: right. So it's not just, oh, I can connect to Hashem with, Hashem reaches out to me in tefillin and He reaches out to me in Hanukkah candles. No, but the way He reaches out to me, the way He connects to me in tefillin is not gonna be the way He connects to me in Hanukkah candles.
0: Is that on my side or on Hashem's side?
1: On Hashem's side, because He's reaching, right? Right, just like my ability to manipulate, find, find motor skills, that comes out in my hands, it doesn't come out of my feet. My ability to communicate comes out of my mouth, not, not in my feet. My ability to see comes through my eyes. So when Hashem reaches out in this mitzvah, he's reaching out on his own in a different way. He's, he's and that's what makes it a more genuine connection. He's actually coming to me in a specific way. Like think about a relationship. It's a relationship, oh, I'm here, just me, no. Like, in what way am I here? Is that
0: something we
1: like. sensitive to? Tuned with? Well, that depends on how much you love Hashem. Or
0: how much you desire or how much you
1: love the, Well, that's what we said loving Hashem is. The more you're really desiring Hashem, the more each mitzvah becomes a different kind. Where you start to be more sensitive to that, that. The reaching out of Hashem in this mitzvah is different than in that mitzvah. Sometimes like Tshuva have this because their desire for Hashem just is triggered by the fact that they're very very far away and all of a sudden they're exposed. And so you can read like accounts, like and maybe experience experiences. Sometimes like certain mitzvahs all of a sudden really connect you feel like Hashem is really connecting to you in a certain way. And now so you can put that into words, but it's very unique. Like Shabbos candles, interesting am an example. And and sometimes it could be like even there's two mitzvahs, like Shabbos candles is one thing and like mikvah is like something else, and they're both connected to you but they're very different. But what happens over time is that if a person's just observant, that goes away. Why does it go away? Because you're not out
0: of a lot of energy. Right, because it's not
1: out of, because of the, because right, what makes us sense that it's Hashem reaching out and reaching out in a particular way is the desire for something we can't have on our own. And so, and he, we all know this, right, that the more familiar you're on something, the more you get used to it, the more you stop paying attention, Right? So, so the life of someone who's out there saying is that the, the knowing Hashem and the grappling with His greatness and the arousing yourself a desire for, 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 for Him as He's influencing beyond us, that's critical to appreciating the, Him reaching out to you in the mitzvah and sensing that. And then of course you want to do mitzvahs and so then you're not doing mitzvahs to make God happy, you're doing mitzvahs because that's the thing you need more than anything else in your life. That means you're doing mitzvahs out of love. That make sense? It, it really is a relationship. Yeah, but it's hard. because Developing that desire, maintaining that desire, and t- especially when you have all sorts of other things going on in your life, that, that's, that's a struggle. Okay, questions on this?
0: love
1: in everywhere. What? Oh, my gosh. Okay. I always want to point out there's one thing I didn't say. I didn't explain why physical and verbal mitzvahs are the way Hashem reaches out to us, right? I didn't explain that. I just said why our love is not a connection to him, right? But why does he have to reach out in physical actions, in, How in speech? going to reach out? We are
0: people that are full of verbal and, and...
1: But we're also intellectual beings. We're also emotional beings. Why does he reach out? He could reach out into... Why this? Th-
0: why any of this? That's my question. Oh,
1: why issue. any of this? That's chapter 33 why? of Tanya. Why? Chapter 33.
0: It seems like- Time, but not I'll tell you. Thank
1: you. <laughs> okay. But the, it's kind of you. Okay. the reason is because Hashem wants Hashem wants to have a relationship with you. Still
0: alive.
1: No that no that no 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 no. So it's no. The no, that's the thing is his relationship with you is not a means to something else. The
0: relationship is
1: the That's like it's not even a means to making him happy. It that's just that's what's important to him.
0: I, I have so much to
1: think about. Yeah, that's the answer. It's a simple answer. Yeah, but, um, it really, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a simple, simply
0: put answer. I don't think it's a simple answer.
1: Well, I, I would say like this. Things that are simple, the mind recoils at because there's not so much to hold on to. It's like, what am I supposed to do with that? What do you mean? What do you mean? Hashem wants to have a relationship with me. Like, God, as God, the entirety of his being, wants a relationship with me, the entirety of my being, and like, that's it. That's not a means to anything else. That's just like, that's the important thing. And then everything else follows off of that.
0: And that's what does that even mean?
1: That's the hard question. Because then when you try to say, okay, okay, what, what... So one of the things it means is that you have to be connected. Uh, and as people, we connect through love. But as God, is them, yeah. love doesn't work, we need... So bad. It's a lot to discuss. Okay, when we get... We'll come back to why it's specifically the... the, 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 specific? the 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 actions and the this speech,
0: speech.
1: Yeah. that Hashem reaches out to us in, as opposed to in our emotions. It's
0: we'll get to easier. that.
1: We'll get it's to it. Class. We'll get to it. And also
0: about we'll and how people and how
1: that works. Okay, that's an important. That is an important thing. But be, I didn't want to answer because it's tangential to the topic. Okay. Anyway, if you, um, Yuta's Kislev of and we say that and I hope that this gives you some sense of what that means that Chassidus is the light and life of the soul of our soul it means that Judaism is not like there's God, there's Torah mitzvahs Torah mitzvahs are good for you you should keep them but like there's something bubbling and churning inside that has to be brought to the surface um, and this is one little aspect of that
0: did this like, just not exist during the times of like the face of
1: makeup like this idea? Yeah, so the author writes that, that this stuff was was there, but it was, it was just ubiquitous, and when things are ubiquitous, people don't really realize what it is, and so it goes away, you don't realize you lost it. Right. It's like if you grow up in like a healthy, healthy, happy family, you don't realize what goes into maintaining a healthy, happy marriage. And God forbid, like your marriage doesn't go so smoothly. Like all of a sudden, in a weird way, you don't know what to do because like you don't really. But in the times of the but the times of the came on the scene, none of this stuff was kn- was known by a few tzaddikim in very limited ways, where people didn't.
0: Right, so the people still.